0: So, um, as they're passing those, I just want to give a word. Um, so, when we were in worship today, uh, I don't know about you guys, but sometimes when I'm in worship, I start seeing all the problems before me. Or, like, I see someone's not next to me, or someone's, and I'm thinking, oh, what happened, you know, why are they mad, or what's going on? And I start playing out this whole thing in my head. I know it's probably just me, but... So, as I was standing there in worship... And I'm like, Lord, what's going on here? What's going on here? And I just saw him put his hand down, like, in this vision. And I just saw the Lord said, come up here and look at it from my perspective. And I thought, oh, my gosh. And when I got up there, I could see, like... People weren't watching what I was doing or watching what the person, you know, they had their own mountains they were climbing or own obstacles before them. I could see that or I could see that people were just in rest or things like that. And when I looked from my perspective, you kind of look out and you think, well, They must be mad, or they must be, you know, something bad happened, or what did I do? And the Lord said, when you look at this perspective, they have their own mountains, they're climbing, but they're going towards me, so it's okay. I can see the end result. So I think sometimes we have to stop and say, what perspective am I looking for? Am I looking from my perspective, or am I looking from God's perspective? Because he can see the end result that we can't always see. So that's a good word right there. So.
1: Alright, you guys hear me? <laughs> All right. So um this is before worship God gave me I was let me pull it up if I didn't already clear it off my phone here. Alright, um Samuel twelve excuse me, first Samuel twelve sixteen. And I don't know if this is for somebody, but um but God gave me the scripture says, Now therefore stand still and see the great things that the Lord will do before your eyes. Um, I think that is, is very much a, a um, word of encouragement to say, Hey, you know it, um You may have doubt right now, but God will watch what I can do. Watch what, you know, we're all, we always tell our kids, you know, hey, watch what dad can do. You know, or what, what kids tell their da- dad, Hey, dad, look what I can do. Watch me do this. And God's saying, Hey, says be still know that i am god but watch what i will do for you and that's the thing is god wants to work for you god wants to um, be part of what you're doing and so when we include him in our daily life not just well i went to church but when we include him in our daily life everything that we do um, he starts to become more involved with us because we allow him to become more involved with us and he's like okay we're working on this, we're working on that, but stand back when, you, when you're struggling with something or where you're, you're like, okay, I don't know what to do, watch what I can do for you. It's like the, you know, kids come home and they're like, oh, this is going on, this is going on. You know, I don't have boys, so my kids don't come home and say, well, this boy was picking on me. Because I would have went like right to the parents' house, be like, grab the little kid, and, like sh- shake him a little bit and be like, hey, stop messing with my kid. I know that's probably not the best thing to do, but in your dad's mind, you're like, I just want to go shake that child until he stops messing with my kid. And, um, but God's just like, I'll do this for you. I'll take care of you. I'll defend you. I'll, I'll battle for you. I'll work in your behalf. But you need to stand still and watch what I'll do for you. All right. So, um, if you guys were here two weeks ago, yeah, two weeks ago, um, we talked about leadership. But We talked about uh, how, what God has designed leadership to be. If you guys weren't here, go back, listen to it on the podcast. It's really good. Um, I'm just saying. Um, uh, most of the stuff that was on my notes was not, uh, most of the stuff I said was not in my notes, I, I, it was very much Holy Spirit driven, and I know God was really doing something through that, but I'm going to just do a quick review. Um, we went, leadership is something that is, um, people have two, kind of three trains of thought, it's either I've had good leaders, bad leaders, or no leaders at all, and so people always have misconceptions they've believed lies they've experienced different things some people have you know experienced things but god designed humans to be leaders he designed people to be in your life to to lead you um but sin stepped in and took over and basically instead of people wanting to lead they wanted to rule over like i'm in charge you you do what i say i'm bigger than you you do what i say that's that's the what sin brought into our into the world when adam and eve sinned is instead of and it talks about it when God says, you know, uh, if you read in Genesis, when God basically kicks them out of the garden and tells them why he's kicking them out of the garden, he, he basically says, you're going to have, sin is going to cause you to do this, and you're still going to want to be led by people who are ruling over you and dominating over you because it's a desire for people to be led and it's a desire for people to lead. Um, we are made to rule over over the earth, not over each other. Um, Sin stepped in and said, well, if I can rule over this person, that means I have more power and I have more control. But God never designed it for for leaders to control. He designed them to lead. If you look at the word lead, it means to go in a direction with people following you. It's a pretty simple definition. But sin gave us that desire to rule over people instead of over the earth. And God said, when he created that man, he said, be fruitful and multiply and take dominion over the earth. That meant to rule over, you know, and some of us, some of you guys have had really good leaders. Some of you've had bad leaders and some of you had no leaders. And so some of it is, is tough. It's, it, it causes you like, okay, I don't know what to do because no one's ever led me. Or I've got a really good leader who has shown me what I need to do my entire life. And then some of you have had bad leaders where it's like, um, and, and I don't mean leaders like in, in just in like work or church. I mean in in our lives. Some, you know, fathers, mothers, different things like that. If some of you guys have had good, um, none or bad, and so it really has to has to come from your heart. Is God wants to change how you view things? Because sometimes we have bad experiences because people have had bad experiences. Um. If people are hurting they 're just going to hurt other people, and they 're going to cause a, a continual cycle of hurt. If people are loving to people and they 're kind and they are um, leading in the proper way it 's going to continue to to perpetuate that cycle too of, of creating people who want to help other people who bl- want to bless other people. Um, God gave us leaders to guide us, direct us and to lead us in a deeper walk with Christ, um, especially when it comes to church, um, you know. God doesn't set up leaders and say, okay, they're leaders, but then you're off on, you get left on your own. God just set up leaders to help lead people to become mature people. Um, the great thing about, about, about church leaders is, is when you submit to them, they're leading, they're, they're guiding you into a level of maturity that you can't get until submission happens to that. And submission is a, is a dirty word because, um, you know, you'll hear me and my wife joke around and I'll be like, submit, woman, and she'll look at me and give me that dirty look, but that's a joke between us because I'll say that. And I've had people go, I can't believe you talk to your wife that way. I'm like, well, you should hear the way she talks to me. No, I'm just, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I joke with her because we understand that there's things that in our life that I submit to her in because like when it comes to house cleaning, I'm just like, I don't know, you just tell me what to do and I'll do it. She's like, wipe the counters down and do this. I'm like, okay, I'll just do it. And, and there's And there's things that, I have to learn to submit to her in because she knows better than that. When it comes to um, kids, you're not going to find anybody who knows more how to deal with um, kids, their, their behaviors than her. She can deal with it so well and not have to have education. What she does is, is in training other people how to deal with children, it's, it's amazing what she does. And I'm just like, you lead on that. I'm just going to follow your lead on it because she knows better than me. She knows how to deal with them very well. Yeah. She wants that recorded. So, Jordan, can you send her that audio clip? So, okay. Um, but there's times where she submits to me as, the, as a leader, too. And, and sometimes it gets tough because she's like, Are you talk to me, uh, talking to me as a pastor or are you talking to me as a husband? And sometimes I don't differentiate between that very well, and sometimes she doesn't receive that, know how to receive that, which way I'm talking to her. So it has to be on both sides of the of the the scale. It has to be even and loving in both ways. Because if it's not, then people relate to God on how they related to their parents. A lot of times, you relate to God on how you related to your parents, and, and people see, sometimes see God as. Um, because that's the only thing they've known as, as a father is they, they, they've known maybe uh, abandonment or something like that. So they relate to God that way. and But that's not who God is. God is loving and he's kind and he, he, that he never says I'll never leave you, never forsake you. And so we come in, every one of us come in with a jaded view of, of you know, God and leadership. But God gave leaders to help mature us because Paul says follow me as I follow Christ. So Paul's maturing, he's following Christ and he says follow me. So while Paul is maturing, he's also helping mature people behind him mature and grow in not only their maturity but in leadership so they can lead. He's talking to Timothy and he's giving him advice. If you look throughout the first and second Timothy, he gives him advice and says you try it, you need to do this and then you need to try this and you need to do this. Paul's not just telling him, "Oh, you have to do this in church," but he's giving them him um, personal advice too. He's like, okay, you have stomach problems. Take a little bit of, drink a little bit of wine every now and then to Timothy to, to, to calm your stomach problems. Paul is is looking at Timothy not in just as a someone following him and giving him direction, but he's looking at him as a son and says, I love you and I want to direct you in that path to get you to maturity and to get you to a point where you won't need that advice from me anymore. You'll be able to give that advice, but. You know, we, we look at leadership and we think, okay, well, leadership is either bad or good and we, and we don't want to get involved with it. We don't want to get into a point of leadership. And it's like, okay, there are times where, where Jesus corrected and he rebuked, but there was also times where he loved his disciples. And a majority of what he was doing was loving his disciples and correcting. But what we can't do is get into a mode of correct, correct, correct. Oh, and good job after that. We have to love first correct second and so jesus corrected things but paul also corrected things too paul was really good at correcting things in in a loving way and then just in a blunt way just like hey boom stop do do this and there's times in our lives where our kids are like they're just crazy and you're just like snap whistle whatever it is stop you need to stop you're going crazy you're being dumb And then there's other times where you're just like, let's redirect you in the right way. But that's what God does. Sometimes he's just like, stop. You need to stop this. It's causing problems. It's going to cause damage in the long run. And then there's other times where he's like, hey, let's gently push you into the right direction to get you to that point. But Paul would correct Timothy. But Paul's correcting Timothy while he's encouraging him. So leadership shouldn't be well. This is what you did wrong. This is what you did wrong. It should be like, hey, you're doing a good job, and correct and correct them, but also encourage them while you're doing it. Because what it does is it builds confidence. That yeah, I did. I, I didn't quite meet the mark here, but I did really good in the rest of the, in the rest of the um, things I did. And so Paul is encouraging Timothy. If you guys. Um, Paul talks about, uh, he says to Timothy, he says then, if you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on the things above, not on the things of the earth. For you have died and your life is hidden with Christ. When Christ, who is your, your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. He says, therefore, put to death what is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passion, evil desires, covetousness, and idolatry. On account of these things, account of these the wrath of god is coming and then he says if these two if these you two once walked then when when you were living in them but now you've put them all away anger wrath malice slander obscene talk from your mouth do not lie to one another seeing that you have put off the old self with its practices and you'll put on the new self which is being renewed in knowledge after the image of our creator so a lot of people will take that and go, "Oh my gosh, he's telling me, oh I gotta stop, I gotta stop." But no, Paul is actually, if you read this letter, the entire letter, he's actually encouraging them. He's saying, "Hey, remember, don't do this, but keep going on, keep putting on the new self. Keep, um, you know." Paul talks about how he goes, "I I, I pick up my cross daily and, and I die to self daily." So Paul is actually encouraging them. In these letters, to to keep going, he's not saying stop this, stop this, stop this. He's like, remember not to do this, but keep doing this. So you know, so many times we read a lot of scripture, and when we read it from a a, um, a wrong perspective, we see it as, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. But God isn't that way. God doesn't sit up there and go, don't do this, don't do this, don't do this. God gives us choices of what we can do and says, stay away from this. Look at the Garden of Eden. He said. Hey, I give you this, 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 everything here, but don't do this, don't do this one thing. And what does human nature go? Hmm. I wonder what's behind door number three. And so, human nature is to always to to, to, is inquisitive, and we want to know what's going on. But God's always giving us other ways out. You know, it, it talks about when when we are tempted, God always gives us a way out of sin. And so, Paul's correcting people in, in a very gentle way. He's saying, say, hey, just don't do this, but do this. Be encouraging. And he's encouraging while he's correcting. So, Paul, uh, excuse me, in Hebrews 3, 12 through 15, says, take care, brothers, lest that any of you be in... Wow, couldn't read there for a second. Lest there be any evil in you unbelieving heart leading to you to fall away from the living god but exhort one another every day as long it is called today so today is called today and so that means tomorrow is called today when you're there tomorrow and now for now we have come to share in christ indeed we hold our original confidence firm to the end it is said today if you hear his voice do not harden your hearts against him in rebellion so what does he say he says exhort each other daily exhort means to encourage to urge on strongly and and so he's not saying demand from them what they should do he's saying encourage them daily to go on you know when someone says oh you're going to do this whether you like it or not what do you do make me john was telling me a story of jared when jared was little and um John's like, you do do this. Jared's like, make me. And I was like, oh, I'm like, that's a strong-willed child. <laughs> Jared, you have a son. <laughs> we're we're gonna pray for you, um, but God doesn't force His hand. He says you need to do this. Sometimes we say to God, make me. Most of the time, I, I would hope that we just say, yes, Lord, yes, okay, I'll do what do what I do what you require me to do and what you're asking of me. God doesn't demand, he doesn't say, do this or die. Separation from God is not because God is saying, oh, you're going to die because you didn't do this. It's our choice not to. God always gives us that choice. He gives us a choice to accept what he asked us to do. And sometimes what we, he asked us to do is tough. Sometimes it is it's uncomfortable but when he asks us to do that it's for a reason it's for a purpose because he wants to see us grow in who we are and so sometimes when leaders ask you to do things it's tough and it may it may not be the easiest thing but they do it to ask you to grow and so you know i was really looking into this and you know going through the bible and looking at different leaders in the bible you have leaders who were excellent one day and the next day they were like oh my gosh i can't believe you know god even used them." you look at david and he he's he's defending his country and he's he's killing the giants and he's he's you know he's slain tens of thousands and and the next day he's murdered a man because he wants to sleep with his wife and it's like but god at the end says he's a man after my own heart because david knew how to repent Even though he had had sin in his life, he learned how to repent. Because he knew God, he knew his heart for him, but he was still like, he still had a sin nature. And so that's why Paul says that you have to die to yourself daily. Because there's going to be things that God asks you to do, and you're like, I don't want to do that. I want to be comfortable in what I want to do. I want to do what I want to do. And so God's going to to sometimes put some external pressure to, to move you along in that way without forcing you, but to, to get you going. And God had designed leaders to help you through those areas, to walk you through that area. You know, there's going to be situations in your life you're like, I don't know what to do. And, and that's why God has put leadership, um, church leadership and different leaders in your life to help you because they may have more experience. They may have a, a more mature walk with Christ and, and it gives them it, God can give them wisdom to help you go through a situation. You know, the leader, a leader's job is to train and grow people to know who they are in Christ, their identity of who they are and their calling to the body of Christ. See, our, our job is not to just get you to, okay, this is who you are. Oh, good, I know who I am. That, that's the first step of it. The second step is then how do we take this person and place them into the body with their gifts and their calling so they can do what God has called them to do? Hebrews thirteen seventeen, 17. And um, I always say this one is uh, for children too. It says, Obey your leaders and submit to them for they are keeping watch over your souls as those who will give account. Let them do this with joy and not groaning for it would be no advantage to you. So ch- children, obey your parents so they don't groan, moan and groan. Um, but the passion translation is really cool i like the way they, they say it in this one it says obey your spiritual leaders and recognize their authority for they keep watch over your soul without rusting since they will have to give an account for to god for their work so it will benefit you when you make their work a pleasure and not a heavy burden leadership god never designed leaders to take on heavy burdens God says, "My burden is easy, and my yoke is my yes i 'm sorry, my <laughs> thank you, Sarah. appreciate that, so God never designed when adam and Eve God designed Adam to lead lead his wife and him and his wife to submit to him in a way that was hundred percent mutual submission in a, in areas to that. but what happened is a sin came in and it allowed. Adam to say, well, you know what? Hey, I got this and I'm going to do this and we're going to continue to do this. You know, it says, wives submit to your husbands. And a lot of people just cut it off at wives submit to your husband and then there's a little dot there at the end. But then it says, husbands love your wife like the body of Christ or as Christ loves the church. And leadership in the home and leadership in, in the church and in, in wherever in your life needs to be the same way. You know what? You love people no matter where they're at. Because you, every person is a different stage in their journey, a different step up their hill or their mountain to where God has them. And so we have to accommodate that and say, okay, well, you're on this step. This is the step you need. This is what you need to do to get to these next steps. And so leadership is always thinking, how do I make people grow or excuse me, not make people, grow, allow people to grow to make them a better person? How can we how can we uh, give them tools and what they need to grow them to become a better person and to be stronger in their walk with God? No submission to God leadership is not a hard thing, but it has to be a willing thing. You know, people are like, "Well, I submit." Well, saying the words and the actions are two different things. You know, there's times where um, it's like Sarah and I will disagree on on something, and she'll be like oh, I submit to that. And she goes, I don't agree with it, but I, you know you have, you have, know, what's best in that situation. She goes, I would rather do it this way. And there's times where I'm like, you know what, I think we should do it this way. And she's like, I disagree. And I'm like, okay, I agree with you now because she has a different perspective. And so there's times where she just says, you know what, I submit to that because you know what's right in this situation. And then there's other times I'm like, you know what, I don't know what to do in this situation. And God gives her wisdom for that situation. But that's the thing is, is one person cannot give you everything you need to grow. That's why God puts multiple people in your life, to grow you in, in a godly way. Because there's going be to be people who teach you how to be... Um, a, a student of the word and understand the word of God, and there's other people that are gonna teach you to be loving and kind, and there's gonna be other people that teach you how to be assertive and, and how to, to speak the word of God and how to be bold with the word of God. So one person cannot do that job. So if you you're relying on one person to do that job, you're gonna be sadly, sadly upset because that person cannot fulfill everything. But when you submit to leadership and you do it with a joyful heart, something changes in you. Something changes in you, and what happens is, is you start to look at things and go, man, you know what? They do have the best interest in my mind. They, they are seeking what's best for me. So when you look through that jaded view of oh, all they want is what they want, it's not about that. It's about what can we do? You know, Sometimes people, when they, when they have that jaded view of leadership, they only think they're trying to force me to. And it's not about forcing, it's about showing what is good. Okay, so we have a dog, and we have multiple dogs, and way too many. Um, and Sarah was telling me about this that they took, uh, um, she took our, our dogs, and then Jade took her dog down to the river one day. And their dog would not get in the river, was afraid of water. And as soon as our dogs got in the water, instantly, started to to get in the water a little bit, and actually now loves it and, and it 's kind of a, that way is leaders are going to go into the water first and say hey it 's okay here and not be like, shove you in you know you ever seen um, seen that, you know this is how I taught my kid to swim, just throw him off into the water no leaders don 't do that. they get into the water first and say, Come follow me it 's okay if you look at at um, when the Israelites crossed the Jordan in, in um, In the Old Testament, what happened is they didn't send the people across first. The priest waited in first. The priest took the Ark of the Covenant and carried it through the water first, and then the people followed because they were the leaders. And they had to show by representation, hey, it's okay to step in here. It's safe. Because that that river wasn't just a little river. If you think of um, the Jordan River... People think, oh, the Jordan River is this little three foot creek that they step through, and it no. The Jordan River, if you've ever seen pictures of it, it is not this slow moving. It's a fast moving river, and when they came across, when they stepped across it, it was springtime when the rains were there. So they're they're literally stepping into a water that is. So fast moving can sweep people away and they start to step in there because what God was doing is saying, my priest will lead and they will show you that it is safe to move into this area. So they were leading into that area so that the people knew it was okay. So once the dog got in the water, the other, Jordan's dog was like, oh, it's okay to get in here and loved being in the water because they knew it was safe. If you just thrown the dog in the water, it would have instantly been out and never stepped foot back in there. It's like teaching your kids to swim by throwing them off the end of the dock. It doesn't work that way because they're, they're, they're terrified of water. So leaders, what our, our job is to, to take you into the, ne- the next level and show you that it's safe. Sometimes it's a little scary, but to step into that next area is what God has for you. And it's our job to make sure it's secure for you. So we all need leaders in our life, but we need to grow in our leadership too. 1 Timothy four eight says, for while boldly training it is of some value, godliness is a is of value in every way as it holds promise for present life and also for the life to come. So, leadership starts in, in, in when you're younger, you know, when you're a kid, you can, like, Lana is insanely um, good at leadership even though she doesn't want to be good at leadership. She has, I mean, like, She's like, I have four hundred people that follow me on Instagram, Dad. I'm like, I got forty. I'm like, okay. I'm like, but <laughs> she's really good, and people follow her whether she likes it or not. She's like, all these people follow me around the school. I'm like, get used to it. That's what. That's who you are. They're gonna follow her. The goal of of, of leadership is not obedience, and the and. So when we're parents, the the goal, I've had a few people, I just want a child that's obedient. Well, that's great. It would be nice to have a child that's obedient, but that's not the goal. Uh, We need you to be obedient. Yes, we want a child to be obedient, but the the goal of it is to bring a child to maturity. Because you can have a 40-year-old child living in your home that's obedient, but does has no maturity. And, And so our job is to raise our children up, not to just... Say, okay, yes, I'll do what you tell me to do, but it's to become mature. My, my girl's got some sass in them, and there's times where I've asked them to do something, and they're like, I ain't doing that. I'm like, oh. I'm like, okay. <laughs> We're going to work on the maturity part, and the obedience part will come later. Um, but our job is not to raise an obedient child. You know, oh, well, you need to obey, you need to obey, you need to obey. Yes. Obedience is great, but you want that child to be able to decipher what is wrong and right on their own without mom and dad when they're 40 years old and the parents are 70 going, that wasn't right, you need to obey me when I tell you to do this. (laughs) Think about it, you're 40 years old and your parents are calling you up. That was a dumb move, you need to listen to my my advice more. Obedience is, is is a part of maturity that will come. When we raise our children to become mature, the obedience part comes with it. If we're raising children and all you want from them is obedience, you're training them to just follow rules. Following rules is great. Following driving rules is great. Layla's learning to drive and there's rules that are great and that she she has to follow and I'm really glad she follows. Um, But we want our children to walk in freedom. We want people to walk in freedom, not just, well, I did what you told me to do. I've worked with people and all they do is you tell them, go do this, then they come back, okay, I did it. What do you want me to do next? I don't want my kids to be like that. I don't want people who in the church to be like that. I want them to think on their own, have freedom to think, what is God telling me to do next? Because what happens is when you, you tell someone, go do this, and they come back, what do I do next? What do I do next? And there's people who are task-oriented. There's also people who... Can see and say, okay, I need to do this. You know, there was this one guy, and he, I'm, he's like, "What do I need to do?" I said, "All well, you need to do this." And he comes back 15 minutes. What do I need to do now? I'm like, oh, "Please," and I kept doing this over and over and over. And I finally said, "I said, this back area is just a mess." I said, "You can just when you're done doing all your work, just clean this up." And he's walking by this mess every time he would come back for a task, and, and there's stuff, and he's stepping over things, and he keep coming back. What do I need to do next? And in about halfway through that, I'm like you're walking through it. But it wasn't making sense because all he was asking is, he was being obedient. I'm doing this, now what do I do? Because he didn't have the free. he wasn't raised in freedom, didn't have the freedom to understand and look around for what else was going on. You know, we we want our kids to walk in freedom and we want obedience from them, but... I would rather raise my kids to have freedom to choose to be obedient instead of forcing obedience from them. The same, same thing goes for spiritual. We need to raise our kids in godliness and the right action comes out of the godliness. If we raise our kids and, put, and instill in them godly character, right living will come out of it. Right action will come from that, but when we raise our kids, we you need to do this, you need to do this. They're always worried that if they if they step out of that box and do something different, it's going to be like, oh no, I don't know what to do now, I don't know what to do. But when we raise our kids and we we instill godly things in them, their attitude and their and their actions come out of being raised in that. So you know, our, our leadership is, when we. I'd say the first part of leadership is really when we become parents. That's when we first learn to lead our children and lead our, our you know, our marriage. When we get married, we learn to lead our spouses. And then our kids come in, we have to lead them in those things. You know, Paul is talking to Timothy in First and Second Timothy, and he's talking to him as a spiritual child and saying, you need to do this, and this is what you probably should do. This will help you grow, because he couldn't be there with him often. He's like, okay, this is what you would do. You know, the Bible talks about how we should raise our child. It says, train up a child in the way that they should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. If you raise a child in obedience, as soon as there's nobody watching, he's out digging a hole in the middle of the yard, you know, doing something. If you raise a child with freedom, they know that digging a hole out in the yard is not probably what they should be doing or lighting things on fire. And um, right action comes from, from being raised in that thing. But it says when they're old, they won't depart from it. You know, every one of, you, every one of us, have, you know, I was a mischievous kid. I was always lighting things on fire. That's just, yeah. I, for some reason, I had a weird fascination with fire when I was younger and it hasn't gone away. Um, and, you know, I know that I knew what was wrong because my parents showed me what was wrong. Not, well, you can't do this and you can't do this, you can't do this. They told me this is probably not the best thing to do. If you light light a bunch of stuff on fire, it's probably going to burn. You know, it's common sense too, but um, if we raise our child up in it, it says they will will not depart from it when they're old. It's like, the best way I can describe it is a dog. You tell a dog no, and as soon as you turn your back, the dog's going to do something different. And if we don't raise our children and raise our, our family in freedom, all they know is obedience. As soon as we turn our back, they're going and doing what they know they shouldn't do because they haven't been raised in the freedom to, to experience that the first or second time of doing something wrong. They just do it because they're afraid of getting punished. You know, it's, it kind of goes back to, um, you know, lying. If your kids are lying to you, it's because they, they are afraid of getting punished for what they're doing instead of knowing what they've done is wrong or admitting what they're doing is is wrong to you. And you know we want our kids to have freedom to grow. We want our and the people in our in our lives to have freedom to grow without having the fear of well I wasn't obedient I'm going to get punished. Punishment is never an action of God. If you look, God doesn't punish people because they did something wrong. Um, it talks about how that when we were separated from God, it wasn't His action that separated us. It was our actions that separated us from Him, so we could. And we reap the consequences of that, you know. And it talks about in First Timothy three. It talks about how um, you know how to manage your home. The goal of fathers and mothers is not to grow our children is to grow our children to walk on their own, not to be dependent on them. You know, you don't want that forty year old child calling you up and saying, "I need to do that. How do I, How do I? Uh, how do I turn on my car?" Um, I, I worked with a twenty uh, one year old girl. And she didn't know um, when she, how to, um, she never filled her car up with gas until she went to college. She never knew, she didn't even know what side the gas cap was on because the parents had done everything for her. And so if if we're so, uh, we if we take our children and we do everything for them and we don't let them experience freedom, they they walk out into the, the marketplace and they walk out into life and not being able to experience anything and knowing how to do things. Um we raise spiritual sons and daughters t- so they can continue on doing what we're doing when we're old and when we're gone. We 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 raise people to leave legacy not to just for the fun of it. You know, we want people to be free and non and not codependent on on us. You know, for like Sarah and I, you know, we we talk about this all the time, you know, and it's for our kids, and it's for our, the the church too. Our goal is not to just have people sitting in in the, the seats. I, I I don't want to just get people to sit in the seats. Our, our our job is to help raise mature and committed people to the body of Christ and for the kingdom. I don't want people sitting in the seats just to sit in the seats. I mean, yeah, they're comfortable seats. Don't get me wrong. If for for a period of time, but. We want to raise pe- to help grow people into committed followers and, and people that want to expand the kingdom of God, not just to sit in the seat and go, "Well, this is fun to sit in the seat every week." so we need to raise up sons and daughters we need to raise up sons and daughters in, in physically and spiritually to advance the kingdom of God you know I, I, we don 't just have my kids aren't just my kids they 're also my spiritual sons and daughters too, where I'm raising them up because they're going to be able to do more than I can do. Because they've had the freedom to walk in it from the day they were born where I've had to learn how to walk in freedom. They've had freedom since they were born and and able to, to go on and do things that I couldn't do at their age because they've known freedom. And so I've had to learn how to have freedom and to grow in that. So we don't raise our kids just to raise our kids. We raise them to advance the kingdom. We're not against families because we need, you know, we, we talk about becoming independent. And yes, we love families and we want families to grow. But as the, as a, a child becomes an adult, they need to start to grow in their own maturity and start to, to go their own way and find out and by the time that we let them leave the house, or they, they graduate and they leave the house, they need to have their own relationship with God so they know what is going on. And they have their own relationship with Him so you, you don't have to sit there and tell them everything every day. So, <clears throat> excuse me. So, every one of us lead in some way. But what we need to do is we need to look at how God leads and say, okay, how can I, every person, whether you lead or not, we can all, if you're in a lower position or higher position, every one of us can look and say, okay, how does God lead? How would God lead my children? How would God lead my coworkers or the people under me at work? And we can always grow in that. We can always have a newer, fresher way of leading because God can give us a better understanding of how to lead people. It's not just, well, I, this is what I do, and I've done it for this many years, and this is how we do it. There are things that you will constantly do, but how do you how do you lead people in a new way to grow your leadership, but also to grow their leadership? Because everybody has the potential to be a leader. It's whether they, they have the time and the energy put into them to do that. It's like with our children. We put that time and energy in them so when they're 25 and 30, they're not living with us. I, I don't want my kids at 30 living with me. I love my kids and they can come visit and stay a night or two, but you're not living with me at 30. So we raise our kids, we raise our physical kids to get them out of the house. We raise spiritual sons and daughters to say, either say, okay, you're either going to go out of the house to somewhere, another house, and you're going to use what you've gotten out of the, uh, this time with us to further someone else's house or ministry, or you raise a spiritual son and daughter and they stay in the house and they grow in, in an area that you can't maintain or do. So that we don't raise people to... Um, do exactly what we do. We raise people to do what we can't do. And we raise people up to do what we do and eventually take over for us. What happens is, is a lot of leaders, they're afraid to grow people because they're afraid that they're going to replace them. And it's very common in the workplace. They're so afraid of of helping anybody else grow because, well, that might be my job that they're going to take. That might be my position that they're going to take. They may have more influence than me. And people, I have to have influence, I have to have the control. Leadership is not about control. It's about raising people to to where God wants them to be. Whether you're at your job or whether you're at church, God has a plan for everybody and it's getting them to that point and not being afraid of, of the gifts that God has given them or the leadership that God has given them. Because if they're a better leader at something than you, then let them lead in that area. If they have what it takes to lead, let them lead in that area. Like your, uh, like my kids, there's certain things I let them do and I know they're good at it. And they're a lot better at doing certain things. Like picking blueberries. They're really good at picking blueberries. They love it too. <laughs> but, you know, I, I know my kids have qualities that I don't have and my wife doesn't have. And they have the ability to lead in areas that we won't be able to lead in because we don't have that skill or that that drive for that. So, We want you to grow in your leadership. Leaders are not perfect. And a common misconception is leaders are perfect. Wrong. Sorry. Eh. Um, We're human, but God has called us to bring a change and have a mission to produce things in people. God has called us as parents to produce things in our kids. There's sometimes there's weight to, to raising kids and, and stress to raising kids and, and raising and, and, being, and being a leader in church. But God has a plan for every aspect of that because He sees what is, what is in people and He calls out what is good. The same thing we see. We see the, the bad things in our kids, but we try to call out the good things and drag out the good things that they will outweigh the things we try to we try to correct the little things in our kids and say okay yeah you you probably shouldn't have done this but we call out the good things because we want our kids to be confident in who we are who they are because we believe in them god does the same thing with leaders he brings leaders into your life because he wants them to call out the good things in your life to be confident in who you are because god loves you so as you as you go out this week think about okay what how can i affect other people how can i help other people grow in their leadership And I'm not just saying, you know, at work or at church. I'm just saying, you know, in your family, at work, at church, whatever it is, find out ways that you can say, how can I give wisdom or help lead someone into a better way of doing things in my workplace? Because there's people who have great ideas and leadership qualities, but they need someone to believe in them and start to draw that out of them. Let's pray.